When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, thanks for listening to Marriage Therapy Radio, and I mean it. I mean, thank you. It's been uh, really fun working on this project with Laura, and uh, we're getting a lot of really great feedback from you, and just really appreciate that you're listening and keeping us on our toes. Uh, Today, we're talking about money, Um, and money is a complicated one, and I think that there are so many different ways that you can tackle it. Obviously, there's the math part, but I'm more interested in the conversation part, so stick around. Hey, I was on time today. I know. And here's the thing. If you listen to our last episode, I was talking, you haven't listened to it yet, but I just listened to it because it came out today. Um, But I had said something about rewarding the behaviors that you want more of. And what was the first thing I said to you? Um, You were so proud of me for being on time. Yeah, Yeah. I was rewarding the behaviors. And yeah, thank you so much for taking this time seriously. Yeah, I appreciate it. Do you remember what I put on my calendar when you when we nailed it down? Laura's time matters. No. Laura matters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't piss Laura off by being late. <laughs> Rebecca's like, what is this? And I was like, Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it, Rebecca. Everything's fine. Just yeah. try not to lose a business partner here. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, how are you doing? What's going on in your world? Mm. Your daughter was on her episode, right? She showed last week. She was on last week, and I think she's on this week. Um and what's the name of the of the show? It's called Schooled. It's a spinoff mm-hmm. from the Goldbergs. And it's on what what um, it's on channel? A- ABC 830 on Wednesday night. Um, there you go. Although that's tomorrow and this won't come out till after it's over. Oh, yeah. Well, anyway, future episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, syndication or whatever that thing's called. Yeah. Um, so what else is going on in your world? Uh, well, I spent the weekend oh. with John and Julie at the ASL. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The ASL stands for Art and Science of Love. That's their um, kind of their flagship couples program. And it was the largest one yeah. ever. There was like uh, almost 500 couples there. Yeah. Which I will say a plug for our workshop. Yeah. Only 25 couples. Yeah. <laughs> you get you get like our undivided attention <laughs> right. at that workshop. Yeah. Um, no, I had a uh, weird week last week. So I, um, you know, people people may know that I take uh, regular meds for anxiety, and I finally found one that worked, and it's been really, really refreshing. Until last week, a we had snowmageddon or snowpocalypse or whatever. We were all locked in the house, <laughs> and also the Seattle lights were being dramatic. Is what was going on. I ran yeah. out. I ran out of my medicine like on a Monday or something, and it took me about four or five days to get a refill. Mm-hmm. And those days were rough, man. Like I, the combination of like having kids and being stir crazy and just having, not having so kind of that You didn't get to work out. Yeah, right? I didn't work so out too you... much now. And yeah, my body just said, nope, nope. I need my, I need my friends. So yeah, I'm probably So what happens normal. on those days? What happens for I get, you? Do you uh, end up like I get pretty fidgety. I cry a lot. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's I've never seen you cry. I'm watching Abby on TV and I'm just like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I guess I'm just more um, 
have more access to the widest range of emotion. So, hmm. um, including whether it's sadness or anger or fear, um, but also joy, but that doesn't tend to manifest when you're stir crazy and in your, um, yeah. in your house. But no, I was watching the, <laughs> Rebecca and I are hooked on this show, this, uh, Netflix show glow about the women who wrestle. Oh yeah. My husband and I already finished that season. Yeah. No, no, no. So I'm watching this episode and I'm just like, the, and the, and the dad, and did you see what just happened? And then also, and Rebecca's like, Jesus, would you please just stop? Lock it up. And I was like, look, you, you get what you pay for. <laughs> you bought this cow. Yeah. You get all the emotions. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. You know, that's kind of how I, I had sort of a breakdown. So I, a lot of people don't realize this, but I'm actually an introvert, even though I am quite outspoken and I love to be on a stage and I love that energy. But I had this big event here in Utah. It's called Utah Date Night and we do them quarterly and we basically bring in like 500 people. And then the whole time I'm preparing for this event and then I go up on stage and that just takes a lot. It kind of like depletes anything that I have that's extroverted out of me. Mm -hmm. And this happens at the end of like our couples workshop. I basically need an entire day to recharge. And that means no touching. Don't touch me. Mm -hmm. Don't talk to me. Don't don't even look at me. I don't want eye contact from you because I I need to completely just check out from this from this situation and I couldn't do that and I and I didn't get a full night's rest after that I probably got about 4 hours and so the whole weekend I was experiencing this range of emotion which is basically just rage and anger yeah. that I don't usually yeah. experience yeah. And my, my husband looked at me and he said, like, what is going on with you? And I explained, here's what I need. I need some rest. I need some alone time. And he kept trying to give it to me. And I just wouldn't take it because mm. it's the weekend and I wanted to spend it with my family. And so um, I guess the, the moral of the story, what I realized is that emotions, you have to move through the emotions. You can't just sort of... Uh, you can't like hope that they're just going to go away. Cause I kept thinking like, Oh, I'll just move through this and it'll just go away. And I never actually took the time that I needed for myself to recharge. And now it's come Tuesday and it's been about four days. And now is the first time I've been alone mm. for four days. Mm -hmm. And you get stuck so, to me. And yeah, but it's good. Cause I don't have, you know, small people yeah. um, around to my ankles asking me to snuggle them every minute when all I really want to do is just push their face away. <laughs> I want to take a moment and invite you to an opportunity to connect with Zach and I in the flesh over a weekend couples retreat in Seattle, Washington. We host couples retreats quarterly and our next retreat is happening on March 22nd and 23rd in Seattle. And if you think you have learned a thing or two from this podcast, just wait until we unleash the truth bombs on you in this workshop. This retreat will have you rediscovering your connection, learning the principles of successful conflict management, and getting on the same page about your future. I do want you to register early, like today, because we're cutting off our registration at only 25 couples so that you can get the most out of us on March 22nd and 23rd in Seattle, Washington. Just go to marriagetherapyradio.com and click on the tab at the top that says workshops to learn more. What are we talking about today? Um, we, I don't remember. Oh, we're talking about... We're talking about finances. Yeah, right on. Yeah, we talked about it once before, but I think it's a little... I think we're... Um, I have some more thoughts. I spent um, an hour yesterday with a couple who's gridlocked around their ideas around money. So I think it's timely, mm -hmm. at, least for, at least for me. Yeah, and it's timely because this was an, an, a listener that had emailed in and basically said, like, we're having trouble with budgeting 
Um, anytime I spend money on something, my husband looks at it and says it's you know superfluous and uh, it's unnecessary and there's judgment around what the other person can spend. Um, I oftentimes, I actually had some partners where you have one partner that's the breadwinner and then the other person who may not be earning as much, maybe working part-time or not at all. And that's an interesting dynamic too around money of who has the right to spend it mm-hmm. um, and not, you know, like ask for permission to spend. So yeah, I think we have enough to talk about. Yeah. Got some meat and potatoes around this. So yeah. tell me, what have you been saying with your clients? I don't know. I mean, yesterday, th- this couple, I've been with them for a long time, and this is actually what you might call a perpetual issue. It's been around forever. And he, he's just more conservative and uh, risk averse, and she's kind of got this entrepreneurial spirit and wants to dream and create. And yeah. um, their money comes from different places. It comes from his job or her inheritance. And so it's just a kind of a messy situation. And the thing that, the thing that, that catches me up as I listen to them talk about it is I don't know what they're solving for because if, you know, he wants to, he wants to be under budget. Right. And I'm, but that's always a function of time too. Is it under budget for the month, the year? Is it funding college? Is it, you know, what's the, What's the function? Uh, because that changes the the value of a dollar, whether you're spending it in a week or whether you're spending it in a year. Okay, that's true. So time time is a factor because absolutely we know that money changes based on time. Yeah. Okay. I mean, and so uh, to me, it goes back to um, how do you get creative around you, the difference in your sort of mathematical perspective? Because if you're just stuck on... For example, if he's talking about a week, a monthly budget, and she's talking about an annual budget, they're gonna, they're not gonna close the gap in terms of the math ever. Um, okay. And so, and and actually, so what's cool about being at the Art and Science of Love workshop is I get to talk to a bunch of different couples, sort of in brief. And as a side note, I had the same conversation with a couple who was talking about how he wanted to spend more time uh, doing extroverted things, and she wanted to spend more time doing introverted things. And they were stuck in kind of this weekly conversation. And I was like, well, what if it wasn't? What if it was an annual conversation? Like, you know, you're going to get your bed and breakfast weekend um, together alone as long as he gets his hunting weekend with the boys in, you know, October or something. And so I think mm-hmm. I think one of the main things that I like to think about is just changing the context. When you start talking mm-hmm. about money, can you change can you revisit the context in terms of what you're thinking about or any resource, time, energy? Money, mm-hmm. like, can you change the context? Mm-hmm. And okay. one of those contexts is time, right? Yeah. The when I think about money, um, and I'll just I'll use this as a personal personal example that when my husband and I first got married, I came from a place where money was a scarcity, and it was something that I always wanted to like. Growing up, um, I was aware that we did not have much money. And when I became the keeper of my own money, I was just really diligent about constantly keeping track of it, making sure that I was under budget, always having money in the bank. Um, And then I met my husband and he came from a different lifestyle where he also, he worked for his money, but it was just much more freely available than my Mm. resources Mm -hmm. were. So we got together and we butted heads a lot in the first, I would say, five years of our relationship. And we went through what I would say is like the hardest year 
of our relationship is the year that we fondly refer to as the internship. I think I've heard, I've told you about this. This is when I was doing my sort of residency as a therapist where you don't get paid anything. Mm. Um, and essentially you're basically paying the school to give you credit. So <laughs> it's a double whammy. And then my husband quit his job and then was basically doing his sort of internship and it was a reset button, but there wasn't a lot of money coming in. Um, I'm going to jump forward about, eight years where now we have resources and the way that we spend money and the way that we sort of make agreements around money is if it lines up with our values. Mm. So we've gone all the way back to identifying what are our core values as a, as a family. And what we've identified is that we really, really value togetherness adventure. Um, That's probably it adventure and togetherness and, and uh, like a healthy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So If there is a gym membership that one of us wants to buy, and let's say it's $100 a month, we don't talk about it with one another because it's it's within our core values and it's an understood thing. So we've really set ourselves up ahead of time. And I think it's important to separate values from money because if you talk about them together, you can get yourself pretty locked up mm-hmm. where you start to, you can't think about money or values freely if you're talking about two, the two of them together. So if, if you take let's say an evening up away and you just start talking about what are the things that we really value as a family? We really value health. Awesome. We really value adventure, like going on amazing vacations with one another and, and putting ourselves in novel situations. Awesome. And once we identify those, then we start looking at our resources. Well, how can we, how can we distribute our time and money so that we can honor our values And when we start spending money, if one of us spends money, like my husband went on this trip, I think I talked about it in past episodes. He went on this trip to go heli skiing, his life dream. Mm -hmm. He's always wanted to do it tomorrow. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. He was like, Hey, I'm going to go heli skiing tomorrow. (laughs) Um, Plane tickets going to be expensive. Everything about it is going to be expensive, but I recognize that it fell within our core values. And so it was actually an easy decision. It was a fight I didn't have to fight, even though it was uncomfortable for me because I don't like to spend money. I, I understood that it aligned within our core values. So it was a much easier conversation. So that's my my whole take on on money. And that has nothing to do with budgeting, but that's how you can free up some of your emotions that are tied toward money. Yeah. Is to identify your values first. Yeah. I really like that you said amen in there. That was very, very affirming to me. <laughs> Praise me like the Lord. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just, uh, I think, I think money is, what are they, what is it? It's, it's not that money is the root of all evil. It's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. Right. And that's, I think mm-hmm. where people get into trouble is they start to give it more power than it deserves. And mm-hmm. so the, the sort of the gospel becomes, if we're going to stick with that, line of rhetoric. (laughs) Um, The gospel becomes the spreadsheet and that's, you need a spreadsheet, man. You need to know where your money's going. And I think there are some fundamental Mm -hmm. laws for how you manage resources. And one of them is knowing where it's going. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you recognize that uh, if your spreadsheet tells you that your money's not going to the things that you truly value, then yeah, you need to reallocate that stuff um, or reallocate your spreadsheet. But um I also understand that it's really complicated because it's different for different people, right? People who are um, struggling to make more than they spend and they don't, let's let's say they're not exorbitant spenders. Their whole conversation around budgeting is different than people who make, you know, five times what they need 
you know, because they right. happen to be right. in positions of wealth or whatever. And so I think the other complicated thing about talking about money is that the rules are different for different people. And that's just, mm. that's just true. And so you have to figure out what the rules are for you and your particular relationship. The, the, the conversation I had with that couple yesterday was mostly about how are they going to talk about it? Because they had planned time okay. later in the afternoon. They knew they were going to mm -hmm. do a whiteboard. They knew that they were going to, they knew what their pattern was. And I was like, hey, well, here's what we want. We want to stay creative. We want to stay open-minded. Um, I actually told them that maybe what they do first is a values exercise. But then secondarily, when they start to talk about it, maybe they take turns. Like he gets 15 minutes to talk about mm -hmm. all of his ideas about money and she has to take notes. Yeah. Yes. And then he hits and then she gets 15 minutes and he has to take notes because one thing that happens when you take notes is you defer the defensive part of your brain or the reactive part of your brain. You're just capturing right. information and that helps you, helps you understand it. And that's why mm -hmm. we take notes in our classes. Yeah. That's so smart. I think that that's an important piece is knowing that going into a conversation about finances, if it's already a loaded conversation, a topic I think that you want to set yourself up for success. And if you know that one of you tends to get a little bit more emotionally reactive than the other, then sitting down and taking notes and giving your partner undivided space to speak. And meanwhile, you're sort of just sitting there and jotting down like you're a reporter, everything that they're talking about, you're suspending your reactivity so that you can actually hear your partner. And that might be the very first time that you hear your partner. And wow, what an honor for your partner to feel heard for the first time talking about their, yeah. you know, me meaning of money. Yeah. Or um, what, a, what a trust building exercise to, to have a, this, have the conversation about the same thing, but in a new way. Totally. The other thing that I think is important, you said you would have like a values conversation, but I think it's important to go in with facts and mm. um, maybe just an exercise that you do is you go into like a mint.com and you plug in all of your credit cards and all of the ways that you spend money so that you actually have a, a, like factual information as to what you're spending money on rather than saying, well, you know what, you spend all this money when it comes to getting your hair done and your nails done. Coffee, um, yes. you yeah, whatever it might be, you actually can look and say, well, it looks like you spent $200 last month on these items. And um, and I think it's important that you're not just sort of slinging mud, but you're actually slinging facts. Well, and I think the part that gets sketchy for me about what you just said is you just, you just said this. You said, it looks like you spent $200 on this last month. And I think it needs to be, it looks like we spent $200 on this last month. Ooh. Because... It, the 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 money but the money is a household resource and mm -hmm. we are allocating our resources we're allocating our time we're allocating our energy we're allocating our you know our money mm -hmm. and as soon as I make it about what you spent versus what I spent money now becomes between us instead of something that we're using together I'm raising my hand up you guys say amen. oh amen <laughs> you are preach it preach it brother. <laughs> Um, yes, I, I love that. It, it made me think also about this, this thing that I hear oftentimes from a lot of couples, which is, um, one person seems to feel like they have to ask permission to spend money because they are not the breadwinner mm. and the breadwinner gets to make more decisions. Like it's okay if they spend X amount of dollars on something and they don't run it by their partner. It's not a conversation. And then the partner not making money feels guilty or feels like, uh, they have to run it by their partner. 
And that's a really interesting dynamic to get into and certainly a conversation that needs to happen. Um, and every partner is different. That's why we're not giving you like a blueprint of how to handle your money because yeah. it's, we're, it's so different for every couple, whether you have a shared bank account, whether you get sort of an allowance to spend money on whatever you want to, you don't have to talk to, about, to your partner about it. Um, you know what I'm aware contributing. of just kind of as you're talking to is that I definitely mm-hmm. have a bias. I think you share it, which is that, that we earn our money, we put it into a pot and that pot serves the family. There certainly are right. couples who he makes her money, his money, she makes his, her money, or one partner makes their own mm-hmm. money and they keep it separate and they pool resources for shared stuff. And then they keep, and uh, you know, that's a, yeah. that's a philosophy that, yeah. um, but it needs just to be something that you kind of agree on. And, um, because it does yeah. get, it does get difficult when, particularly when one person is a much higher earner than the other and they're still mm-hmm. in a mine and yours mentality. Um, that's just a protective mentality that I think is, I've been joking lately with uh, people that my job is a job where um, I'm trying to prevent, uh, no, see, marriage therapy, the end of a marriage is death or divorce. And it's the only situation you're rooting for death. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. Wow. But, you know, I think protective mentality, particularly around money, um, definitely uh, doesn't serve the long term sort of projection for a relationship. Yeah. You know, the other thing that I was thinking about is oftentimes when there's a problem, um, you might go to your therapist and look at your therapist as like a third party and basically say, tell us what to do, because if one of you comes up with a solution as to how to handle your money, one of you has come up with a solution rather mm-hmm. than two of you. Sometimes it's so much easier to have a, an unbiased third party. And you're very lucky when it comes to financial situations. There's a lot of financial advisors that can say, you know what? You guys tried it your way. I want you to try it my way. And mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to put your faith in somebody else's decision as to how yeah. you're going to be handling your money than to say, let's try it your way. And then you find all the ways that your partner's way sucked. So <laughs> that might be a solution too. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Zach, it's been a pleasure chatting with you today. And we have, should we tease our uh, our phone number again? Yeah, I mean, I think you should. I don't really remember what our phone number is. So that's not helpful. It's all right. You can put it in the, at the end. I will. I'll put it in the end. Okay. All right, Zach, until next time. Okay. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Marriage Therapy Radio. In case you are wanting to call in and leave us a voicemail with a question, a concern, or maybe just like how much you love us, the telephone number is 801-810-6197. That's 801-810-6197. And if you could, we would love for you to share this podcast. If you go to uh, marriagetherapyradio.com, you'll find the podcast and you can link that on your social media. You can find us on Facebook by going to Z and L. Get it? It's Zach and Laura, but it's Z and L. And just tag us so that we can see that you're sharing that. And maybe we'll send you a little something, something for free. Thanks so much for your time and your attention that you're putting to your relationship, making it better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. 
Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.